So today is a special day in many ways. This weekend is a, here at New Life, it's really original name. We call it a fifth weekend because there's five weekends in the month of July. And on the fifth weekend, something's a little different. We do dedications on Saturday night. Then last night we did extended worship. And all the children who are ordinarily over in the, um, the galaxy who are over five years of age are here. And so one of the things I want you to know, children, I made the message especially for you today. If you adults want to listen, that's okay. But I actually made this message for you. We're in a series that's called Mountain Monologues. It's on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it actually is chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew's Gospel. And today we're going to look at just one verse. Matthew 7, verse 12. And you might be thinking, well, how can you write a message on just one verse? Well, it's a verse that we know as the golden rule. And, and the short answer to how you could write an entire message on one verse is sort of our take-home point for today. And if you're new, if you're here because your family member was dedicated today, we're so glad you're with us today. And the take-home point is the one point we take from the scripture that we read, and we want to take it home and live it out in the week ahead. So here it is. The golden rule can change your life. The golden rule can change your life, whether you're 5 or 15 or 50 or 105, if you let the the golden rule uh, live in your life, lived out in your life, it has the power to change you and me to reflect and become more and more like Jesus every day. So before we turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, would you pray with me one more time? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for all these folks, boys and girls, men and women who have gathered in the name of Jesus. We come to celebrate your presence in our life. We come to ask you for wisdom. We come to read your word and to learn its truth so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live more like Jesus today and tomorrow and every day you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus said, therefore, all things as many as you might desire that others should do to you, so also you do to them, for this is the law and the prophets. What a simple statement, right? It says if you want somebody to do something good for you, you should do that for them. And Jesus said, when we do that, just do to other people what we would want them to do to us, we're fulfilling all the law and the prophets. What he meant by that is we're fulfilling the whole, what we call the Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? By doing one thing, we can fulfill two-thirds of the Bible. That's how much the Bible is, two-thirds Old Testament, one-third New Testament. So the next time you're struggling through trying to memorize Exodus chapter 2, verse 4, just remember, do to others what you want them to do to you, and that will fulfill all of that. So how is it possible? How is it possible to actually live out the golden rule? Very simple answer. We can only obey the golden rule when Jesus is ruling in our lives. We could say the same thing about all of Jesus' commands, which we've read so far in the Sermon on the Mount and which we'll read in the remaining weeks. The Sermon on the Mount isn't just a religious to-do list. It isn't like Jesus thought of 21 great things to say that we need to do with our life. It isn't just something that we try really hard to practice every day. Jesus gave us a pattern for how we're to live our lives in a way that he was already living his. As we read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus isn't just telling us things to do, he's showing us how he was already living. He expected his followers to live in the same way that he was already living. But here's the good news, he didn't expect us to do that in our own power. If Jesus were just a great moral teacher, he wouldn't have died, he wouldn't have risen from the dead, returned to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to live new lives. 
Jesus knew that you and I couldn't love our enemies. We couldn't seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We couldn't give, pray, and fast without telling other people about it in our own power and and all the other things that we've considered since Easter. Sure, we can give it our best, and sometimes we'll do okay, and, and maybe we'll even look better than some other people. But here's the thing. It's always dangerous if we think that we're better than other people, or, or maybe even that we're not as much of a sinner as anybody else, or maybe we're not even a sinner. You know, Jesus told us that every single one of us have sinned. Every single one of us has a need for him. You might remember there was a time when some religious leaders came to Jesus. These people were Pharisees and uh, teachers of the law, and they thought that they were the best people in Israel. In fact, from the standpoint of doing good things, they might have been the best people in Israel. And they brought this woman who had been caught in an act of adultery, and they said to Jesus, what are we going to do with this woman? And they even said, you know what the law of Moses says, right? She needs to be put to death. So Jesus didn't say anything right away. He stooped down and rode in the dirt. And then he got up and he looked at them and he said, okay, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Now, we've all broken God's commands. We've all sinned, and that means we're all guilty as we stand before God. That's why the religious leaders walked away that day. In fact, they walked away one by one till only Jesus and the woman were left. Even though they thought they were righteous people, they knew that they weren't sinless. Thankfully, Jesus provided the solution for our sin. You know what the solution for our sin is? Jesus. Jesus provided the solution when he came himself. He came from heaven. He came to earth as a little baby, just like these little babies we saw today. He grew up to be a man, and during his growing up period, he never sinned once. And he gave his sinless life on the cross so that we could have a new life. Now, here's the thing. I want to I pretend for a minute that there's a line that starts right here. I'm at the front of the line. This is, this is the, the beginning of the line. It goes that way. And I want to pretend that there's no wall over there so that we could all get out of our seats. We're not going to do this, but we could get all out of our seats and we could line up according to who's the best. Now, I'm here in the first spot, but I'm guessing that Jim already told me I have to move down one. Okay, so eventually we would have a line of, you know, hundreds of people and the people would line up from the best to the worst. Now, here's the thing. Here's the best, and I'll just represent the best for right now, but I'm the best there is. And Jesus is standing where the line connects. And he's in Pittsburgh. That's how far I am from Jesus. There's no possible way that I can get from here to Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to earth to build a bridge all the way from Pittsburgh to here, all the way from heaven to us so we could be with him forever. And the reason that I'm taking so much time to talk about something that's so basic to our faith is this. Without Jesus... All of us deserve to be separated from God forever. But Jesus loves each of us and all of us so much that he wouldn't let that happen. You know, in the culture we live in here in America today, a lot of people forget just how much Jesus did for us. They forget how much our forgiveness cost Jesus. It cost him everything. In the world around us, there are a lot of people who say, you know, you can do whatever you want to. It doesn't matter what you do, just so you don't hurt somebody else. But Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount and in so many other places in the Gospels, 
that we were created to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. He said that we have to be born again. We have to have a new life from the inside out so our hearts and our lives will show others the change. We do good things, not so God will love us, not so we can get to the front of the line. We actually do good things only after Jesus is living in our lives and he gives us the power to do what we could not do on our own. So when we think about the golden rule, you know, do to others what you want them to do for you, I want to remind everybody about something. Do you know that there aren't two people that are alike in the world? Even twins are different. And so we don't all want the same thing. I I learned a long time ago that to do the golden rule for my wife Nancy doesn't just mean doing what I would want her to do for me because she doesn't always want the same thing. I'll give you an example. A few years ago when she was 29, I... I'm going to have a really good dinner tonight. So when, I, when she was 29, I had a surprise birthday party for her. I love surprises. I mean, I really love surprises. And so I thought, who wouldn't love a surprise birthday party? So I had a surprise birthday party. She acted like she was very happy when all the guests were there. And the guests went home and she said, don't you ever do that again. She doesn't like surprises. So the next year, when she turned 30, I had a surprise birthday party for her. It was not a good idea, friends. In fact, she told me, do not ever think about doing that again. And I haven't even thought about having a surprise birthday party for her ever again. In fact, if I want to surprise her by taking her out for dinner this coming Friday, tomorrow evening, I'll say, hey, Dance, you want to go out for dinner on Friday? And we'll go to Olive Garden so you don't have to choose. Um, And you can have whatever you want. I'm going to have the, the breadsticks and the salad and soup. And she'll be happy. I think that's a little boring, but we're all different. We're all so different. And so some people think this, that uh, doing for others, it means always doing what you want. But I realized something back when Nancy was 30. It took me till she was 30. I realized that living the golden rule doesn't just mean doing what I would want someone to do for me. Sometimes it means doing what's best for them. There are actually people out there who call that the platinum rule. You know, platinum's more expensive than gold. And platinum rule says doing to others what's best for them. So whatever we call it, whether we call it the golden rule or the platinum rule, it's good to remember that when Jesus told us to do for others what we would want done for us, he was thinking of the other person first. He wasn't actually thinking about us. He was thinking about the other person. So think about what that means in your life. If you were always gonna do, every single moment of your life, you were gonna do what others thinks best for them, what would that mean? I think it would mean three things, at least three things. We'll just say three things for today, okay? First thing it would mean is thinking about other people's needs first. That's hard to do, isn't it? Don't we wake up in the morning sort of thinking about our needs? (laughs) Like when you wake up in the morning, don't you think, oh, I don't really want to wake up this morning? Or or maybe you wake up in the morning and say, I want to you know, I want to have a day off if you, if you go to work on, on regular days. Or maybe you say if you're a child, I want to go to Corner Cones today, um, if you know what Corner Cones is. If you're a child and you know what Corner Cones is, you want to go there every day, right? But you don't get to go to Corner Cones every day. But we think about what we want. But what Jesus told us is that we are supposed to think about what other people want. Sometimes when we please people by doing what we want to do for them, we can actually hurt them in the long run. So here's the key. As we think about other people's needs, we must think about what God wants for them. When we think about other people's needs, first thing we want to do is think about what God wants for them. What does Jesus want first for everybody? For them to know him. 
So one of the first things we can do if we want to do the golden rule is to tell other people about Jesus. He wants us to love him, God, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that's one thing we can do. If we're going to help other people, the first thing we need to do is have the love of God in our lives and in our hearts. He also wants us to love our neighbor, each other, as we love ourselves. So we might not realize this at first, but until Jesus becomes Lord and Savior in our lives, we are not going to think about other people's needs first. Until Jesus is first in our lives, we're still going to keep thinking about ourselves first. For example, Jesus had 12 disciples. There were two sets of brothers. Two of the brothers were named James and John. And one day, James and John's mother came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, you're the Messiah, so you're going to have a kingdom. So would you do me a favor? Whenever your kingdom comes in its power, would you let my sons James and John sit at your left and right side? Would you let them have the most power? Now, the other 10 disciples heard about this request, and you know what happened? They didn't think about James and John first. They thought about themselves first. They were all upset. They were all angry. They were like, hey, Jesus, don't give them that. Give me. It's always, isn't that how? Give me. But here's the thing that Jesus did to straighten everybody out that day. He said, you know, so Jesus called them together. It says, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We like to be important. We like to be first. But Jesus said his followers lead not by being first, but by serving each other. We need to be like him. We need to lead by serving. If you're thinking that sounds hard, children, men and women, it's not just hard. It's impossible until Jesus is living inside of us because once he is living inside of us and we have the power of the Holy Spirit, then and only then are we going to always think about the other person's needs first Always put them first. Because if we're just doing it, you know, so people will like us, it gets, gets hard after a while. It gets tiring after a while. So if we're going to put other people first, first thing we do is we think about them first, right? Think about their needs first. The second thing we do is we think about things the way Jesus thinks about them. Now, we already know how Jesus thinks about serving, right? Because we just read the account of what Jesus said. He came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. He knew that the people he left heaven to come to earth for didn't deserve his love, didn't deserve the new life that he was going to die on the cross to give them. They didn't really deserve any of it, but he left heaven to come here to enter into our suffering, into our pain, and, and to overcome our sin without participating in sin. Think about that. Jesus experienced everything we have or ever will experience except for sin. If you've ever been hungry, Jesus has been hungry. I mean, he fasted for 40 days. I'm sure he was hungry. Jesus has been hot. He's been cold. He's been rejected. He's been ridiculed. And eventually, he felt the searing pain of a whip on his back. He took a beating that we deserved. And then he was on the cross, and he died for our sins. So if you're ever suffering, if you've ever gone through pain in your life, and you think, Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through, he does. He does, no matter what the, the pain, Jesus has experienced something like it. He went through it in his life. He endured the cross. God the Father. People sometimes say, well, God doesn't understand what it's like for my child to be hurting. God, God, I, I, we, we lost a child through miscarriage when we were 
married like nine years. And, and I was shouting out to God that day, you don't understand what it's like to lose this. And then I didn't finish the sentence. Because he does understand what it's like to lose his only son. And his son was perfect. And he didn't do anything wrong. So no matter what we experience, Jesus can relate. He understands um, because he always thinks of us first. So if we want to do what's best for others, here's the thing we're going to have to consider, boys and girls, men and women. Sometimes people are not easy to think about first. Sometimes it's not easy to think about other people the way Jesus does because some people are just hard. I'll just use that word, right? Some people, they just think only about themselves. They're so self-centered. They're so prideful. And then there's other people. All they do is whine. You know, I, I take people on mission trips sometimes, and I only have one rule when I lead a mission trip. No whining. It's the only rule. You know, if you have that as your only rule, you're going to have a good mission trip. But some people wake up in the morning whining. So how are we going to think about their needs first? How are we going to think about them the way Jesus does? Well, it, it's, it's simple. We have to put our selfishness aside and, and, and realize maybe they're actually hurting. Maybe the reason they're so prideful is because they're really insecure, but they want people to think they're great, so they act like that. Maybe they're hurting, and that's why they hurt us. You know, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Alex told us something really important. He said, sometimes we need to challenge other people whenever they're <laughs> telling lies or believing lies. You know, he was talking about judgment, but he said, people think we can't judge other people. And it, it's, it's true that we're not supposed to be judgmental. But what Pastor Alex told us is sometimes we, to help them, <laughs> we need to tell them they're, they're going the wrong direction and help them get back on the path. So thinking like Jesus when it comes to how we treat others is gonna lead us to the third thing that we have to do. First thing is we need to think about the other people's needs first. The second thing we need to do is think the way Jesus does. And then this is what it would mean. It would mean acting the way Jesus acts in the Holy Spirit's power. That last part in the Holy Spirit's power is so important. Do you realize if we could act the way Jesus acts without the Holy Spirit, Jesus would never have had to leave heaven? If it were possible for you and me to act like Jesus without help from Jesus, he would have never had to leave heaven in the first place. But none of us here, not single one of us in this room, has ever been able to live a perfect life without the perfect life of Jesus inside of us in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they worked really hard to be good. In fact, the religious leaders in Jesus' day thought that they did a great job of following all the rules and that God was happy with them. But you know, Jesus often called those religious leaders hypocrites. It's a big word. What hypocrite really means is simply this. I'm going to use my hands to show you. If I say this and I do this, the opposite, I'm a hypocrite. A hypocrite is a person who says one thing and does another thing. For example, if I said to Pastor Alex, Pastor Alex, this Tuesday, I'm coming over to your house. I'm mowing your grass, buddy. All right, so that's what I said. But on Tuesday, somebody calls me up and says, hey, you want to go swimming? I say, sure, I'll go swimming. So I go swimming. So this is what I did. I went swimming. This is what I said. I'm going to mow Pastor Alex's grass. So I'm a hypocrite because this is how far apart I am. But if on Tuesday, and this is just a hypothetical situation, Alex. I'm not telling you that I'm mowing your grass. But if I said on Tuesday I'm mowing your grass and I came over and I mowed his grass and I trimmed all the edges around and I pulled out all the weeds out of his flower bed and I did all of that, then I would be this, right? My words and my actions would line up perfectly. And you know, when your words and your actions line up perfectly, you know who you're like, right? Jesus, yeah, you don't have to say it so quiet. 
Jesus. Only Jesus always has his words and his actions line up perfectly. But the closer together our words and our actions become, the more like Jesus we are. And he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. So think about someone you know right now. I want you to do this right now. I want you to think about someone you know. It could be your brother or sister, your mom or dad. Could be your child, could be a coworker, could anybody. Think about a specific person right now. Think about what it would mean to think about his or her needs first. Think about what it would mean to meet those needs the way Jesus would meet them, by serving first. And then the next time you see that person, it might be today, actually do what Jesus would do and if you say, I can't do that, say, Jesus, I need your power today. I need your spirit's power today. And, and as you do that, as I do that, more and more, we will be able to live out the golden rule or the platinum rule. It's so simple. But it's only easy when we actually think about the other's needs first. That's the first thing. When we think about them the way Jesus thinks about them. And then when we act towards them in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we do those things, the more as we practice those three steps, I'm going to say them again because I want you to remember them, boys and girls, and moms and dads and men and women. I want you to remember to think about other needs first, other people's needs first. Think about other people the way Jesus does with a servant heart. And then to remember to do what needs to be done for them. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens when we do that? Think about that person. What is that person going to think? If they don't know Jesus... They're going to think more highly of Jesus because they're going to know that you could only do that in the power of Jesus. If they already know Jesus, it's going to help them to know him better. So each of us can practice this through today's next step. And if you're new, you're a guest here, the next step is like, what am I going to do? What is the so what from this message? And here it is. I will not only do what I would want others to do for me, I will do what is best for them. I know people who don't think that anything in this world that we do can make a difference. The world is just getting so bad that nothing we do can make a difference. The truth is, the golden rule practiced by you or me does make a difference. Here at New Life, we have a mission statement. It's a very simple mission statement. We exist to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world one person at a time. You know, I can't help the whole world. You can't help the whole world. I can't help 100 people today. But I can help one person today. I, I could drive Teresa to the airport today. That would be a good thing to do because she needs to go back to Taiwan. I'm actually going to do that today. But that's one simple act that I can do. You can do one simple act and then another simple act and another simple act. And you know what? If everybody in this room, just everybody in this room, did that every day this week in the name of Jesus, Saxonburg would be different. Really, Saxonburg would be different. And if we did that every day for a year, just the people in this room, Butler County would be different, and Allegheny County would be different. Pennsylvania probably would be different if we just did that one small act at a time every day, every day, every day, every day. So, you know, here at New Life, and hopefully in our homes, and hopefully in our workplaces, and hopefully on the soccer fields and baseball diamonds, in the places that we go, the swimming pools, and even when we're mowing grass, even when we're doing all of those things, we can represent Jesus by thinking about other people's needs first, thinking about their needs the way Jesus would as a servant, and then calling on Jesus to change us from the inside out. As we do that, as we do that every day, 
day after day after day after day, people are going to be amazed. You know, you might have people coming up to you saying, what happened to you? And you can just say, Jesus, he happened to me. And he can happen to you too. Amen? So, you know, the only way any of us is ever going to live a life of practicing the golden rule or the platinum rule toward others is if Jesus is actually Lord, which means master, owner, God, and Savior, which means rescuer from sin and death in our lives. I recently heard something that really impacted me a great deal. I heard a guy named Tim Keller say that you can make yourself a Hindu. You can make yourself a Buddhist. You can make yourself a Muslim. You can even make yourself an atheist. But you can't make yourself a Christian. Did you ever think of that? Nobody makes himself or herself a Christian. In fact, one of the words that's used to say what happens when somebody becomes a Christian, we call it, they were converted. We don't convert ourselves. God converts us. Jesus converts us from the inside out. Jesus called it being born again. It's such a new and amazingly different thing. So those of you who are here today, whether you're 5 or 15 or 50 or 105, like I said, if you have never allowed Jesus to be Lord in your life. You can't make him Lord in your life. You can submit to him and he becomes Lord in your life. If you're ready to do that today, we're gonna pray. Here at New Life, we say that transferring ownership, letting him be in charge, submitting to Jesus is simple as ABC. The A part is admit that we're sinners. Admit that maybe we're at the front of the line, but we're still not in Pittsburgh. We're still not perfect. B means we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, which means he owns everything. He's the master of my life and of your life and savior, as I said, it means rescue from sin and death. And then see, we confess Jesus as Lord and savior in our lives. We confess it to God. We confess it to our family, to other people. And, and we do that in such a way that everybody will understand we can only live that life as we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we just call on that, I call on that power every single day, lots of times, because I know how hard it is, impossible it is to think of other people first and, and to think about people the way Jesus does as a servant and then to do what he, he would do for them. I, I can't do it except for the power of Jesus. So if you want that power in your life, you want Jesus as Savior and Lord, pray with me. I'm gonna pray as if I'm you and then You'll, you'll be new. You'll be changed. You won't have made yourself that, but Jesus will. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for creating the universe and all it contains, for creating us. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. God, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I put myself first way too often. And right now, I believe that Jesus is your son, He's God, he's Lord, master, owner in my life, and he's Savior. He's rescuing me in this moment from sin and death. And I confess, Lord, that Jesus is now in charge. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can actually live the new life that you created me to live before you created the universe. And God, I pray for all of us who have made a prayer like that sometime in our life, offered a prayer of giving up ourselves to you. I, I pray right now that you would give us a new power, a new outpouring of your Holy Spirit so that we can live more and more.
that golden rule that you have given us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.